In the information age, data is the new oil, which is why Amazon Web Services built Amazon Kinesis, a powerful new way to collect, process, and analyze streaming data so you can get timely insights and react quickly. Websites, mobile apps, IoT sensors, and the like can generate a huge amount of streaming data, sometimes terabytes an hour. If processed continually, all that data can help you learn about what your customers, products, and applications are doing right now and take actions in real time. Amazon Kinesis from AWS lets you do that easily for less. With Kinesis, you pay only for the resources you use. No minimums, no upfront commitments. Learn more at kinesis.aws. This is Recode Media, Peter Kafka. That is me. I'm part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm here in San Francisco with the CEO of Patreon, Jack Conti. Welcome, Jack. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. You have a different business model. You do not sell ads for a living. No, I do not. Nothing wrong with that. Explain how what Patreon does for people like me or anyone else who wants to make money. Yeah. So Patreon is. Uh, have I been pronouncing it wrong the whole oh, time? I Patreon. Mean, some Patreon. Folks, if you're from you know the UK or Canada, a lot of folks say Patreon. So God, doesn't it, Patreon. Patreon. No, it doesn't matter. I usually get the company name right. No. Well. All right. It's all right. Patreon. Like Patreon. Patron. That, exactly like Patreon. Yeah, with an E. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a membership platform that makes it really easy for creators to get paid. So it's basically a way for a creator to get you know 10 bucks a month from a fan or 15 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month in some cases depending on the fan and then you know you get a if you're a creator with a big audience you can get you know a thousand fans each paying 10 bucks a month you're making ten thousand dollars a month from those fans for doing what you do best making podcasts putting out web comics making youtube so videos. i say give me some money yep Someone says, I would like you to give me some money. Correct. You help facilitate that process. Uh, yes. And take and we, a fee. And we have a CMS on the background to distribute content. So you can send things to only your $10 patrons, or your $5 patrons, or your $1 patrons. There's a full, like, robust CMS on the back end, plus creator analytics and tools and things that you need. You know, CRM, so you can find out information about individual patrons and store them in a database. That's searchable. Jack, you're wrecking the joke. I was going to say, that sounds like a fancy tip jar. And then, and then you were going to get I mad. Totally, I, I cut off your steam there. That's no, sucked. no, no, no. But you've yeah explain why it's not a fancy tip jar but i described this as a tip jar because it seemed like a reasonable way to describe it and you got upset with me that's correct you didn't yell what's wrong with calling this a tip jar yeah it's uh so i i feel pretty strongly about this let's go (laughs) which is why i may have or may not have yelled at you before that would be like saying ah starbucks sells milkshakes at 10 a.m and everybody buys milkshakes from starbucks no, Starbucks didn't come out with a, camp- a campaign saying we're selling milkshakes. They said this is a coffee, this is a frappuccino, and then people started buying milkshakes, quote unquote, at 9 a.m. at 10 a.m. and drinking them for breakfast. Nobody would drink a milkshake for breakfast. There's a lot of baggage that comes along with a name, and a name like Tip Jar. Gosh, I'm a professional creator. I don't want tips. I want to be paid for the value that I'm bringing the world. I want a patron. There's a big difference between the word patron and the word Tip Jar. So the, the metaphor be you can play in the subway and put your guitar case out and people can throw money in. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what Patreon is. Patreon is you pay me some recurring fee mm-hmm. so I keep making music all the time regardless of whether someone's putting money in the guitar case. And in exchange, you get all kinds of benefits that you can. So we build rewards programming for creators. So your $10 patrons get a specific thing like a, a once a month Google Hangout or something like that. Actually, now we integrate with a live streaming platform called Crowdcast. So you do patron only live streams to just your $10 patrons. So does there have to be an award slash reward associated with this? Or I just want to give you 10 bucks a month. You go do your thing. and It's up to the creator. So, there's a, so 
some so some creators make special stuff for their patrons. I would say most creators make special stuff for their patrons. Yeah. So in addition to making my awesome stuff, I'm going to make stuff that only you, the patrons of Patreon, can see. Correct, Amundo. Um, I'm going to piss you off again. It's Great, do it. I love it. Sounds like a fan club. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Like a fancy fan club. See, yeah. now I'm making you mad again. You're making me so mad. I love this. <laughs> We've kind of rehearsed this just because we had a conversation like this before. I found all the trigger words. That would <laughs> fan club. Old idea. Good idea. People do not want to call what they're doing a fan club. Um, Vessel, which was Hulu, yeah. son of Hulu, Jason Kyler's thing, was basically Hulu. a fancy fan club. Yeah. But didn't want to be a fan club. Yeah, fan clubs are nerdy, and I don't want to be a part of them. How many fan clubs are you a part of? We did this part too. None, but I'm a grown ass man. Okay, so well, but also by the, the way, I wouldn't mind being a member of I don't know the Wilco fan club if it got me in line earlier to get a ticket and or a special Jeff Tweedy song. But like, that's th- fun. But but this is where language matters because. Because there is no, you don't feel good about yourself. You don't feel proud. You don't feel like you're giving back to the world for being in a fan club. When you are a patron of the arts, right? Patronage is how thousands of years of art creation happened on Earth. I'm right? going to mispronounce Medici. Great. Did I get it right? You did. Me- okay. Yeah, some people say I'm, Medici's, I'm like a Medici. Medici. Whether you're Italian or whatever. Medici's, Medici's. I'm a rich-ass guy who pays people to make stuff. Boom. There it is. At that, Like, that feels good. We are making patron... We are democratizing the ability to be a patron of the arts. It used to be reserved for the wealthy few. It was a privilege to be a patron of the arts. Everyone wants to support and give back. And at the same time, you want some of the stuff. You want the tickets early access. You want the content two days early. You want the live stream once a month with the creator. You want the signed postcard. Um, think of it as like being a member of, you know, KQED or NPR or SFMOMA. Like there are benefits that you get to being a member. And you also just want to support the arts. It's both of those things. That's what makes Patreon unique. That's why it's not a fan club. So this is a real thing, by the way. This is you've raised... 50-some million bucks yeah. from real venture capitalists. Yeah, um, very and, real. And people are using this platform at scale. What, what, give me some top-line numbers. Yeah, I mean, we're going to send, let's see, last year we, we crossed, uh, you know, $100 million in process pledges for creators. That's over, through the year or in total? Uh, in total. Yeah. However, this year alone in 2017, in just 2017, we're going to process $150 million for creators. So we're sending a lot of money to creators. $150 million is going to flow through you guys this year alone. In 2017. And it's going to go to creators in over 100 countries from patrons in almost every country in the world, save two, one in Africa and one somewhere else. And your business is pretty straightforward, right? You take a flat fee? Yeah, we take 5%. So 5% of $150 million. Mm-hmm. I'm not really good at math, which is why I'm doing podcasts. Great, yeah. Um, but that's real money. It's, it's a real business. It's a real, it's a, it's a real thing. And generally, people are spending how much through you? People are, an average donation is, is, yeah. is donation? Can I say donation? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> it's not a donation because you get stuff, right? You get early access to tickets. But you don't to have tickets. to get stuff, right? I'm signaling that I like something. I'm saying I want to support you. Yeah, see, I wish it's just not black and white. It, it truly is both. And actually, when we try to, to quantitatively understand it, we survey patrons. We say, why do you pledge? Why do you become a patron? What is the motivation? And, because, by the way, when, I pl- when there's an NPR pledge drive uh-huh. or a PBS, pledge drive uh-huh. they give me a tote bag yeah or i imagine they give me a tote bag or, or a, a new yorker subscription yeah but that's not why i'm doing it i would just rather go get a new yorker subscription right i'm doing it because i want to support the company yeah i'm donating money to them 
or so you may self-report. Yeah. But when as patrons self-report, uh, it is literally split almost 50 and 50 with the desire to support a particular creator and the desire to get the things that that creator is offering. So sorry, I got caught, caught up in semantics. What is the average pledge? Right. So the average patron on Patreon spends about $12 per month. Real money. Real money. More than you would spend on Amazon Prime or Netflix or Spotify. So I can see why a venture capitalist loves this business, right? It, yes, you can. Because you're not selling anything. Oh, I <laughs> no, no, I mean, you, you don't, you, there's no inventory on oh, your totally. end. You don't have to acquire everything. Your there overhead you is relatively low, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. are everyone, every, every venture capitalist wants to be in a platform company totally. where you're a middleman in between totally. someone who has something and someone who wants to sell like the word middleman, but yes. or donate that thing. Yep. Scales really well. Yep. Totally. Um, All of those things. You should have a million competitors. We should have a Patreon business. I know what the heck, um, but we don't. Because there's okay, and there are similar businesses or things that are in the same category, right? Mm-hmm. And you'll explain why you're different than an Indiegogo or yeah. a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. That's your cue to explain why. You're oh, got than it. Indiegogo <laughs> okay. or a Kickstarter. Okay, I love Indiegogo and I love Kickstarter, and we're completely different businesses. We don't even view them as being competitors. Uh, Kickstarter is a one-off, and Indiegogo too. They're both one-off project-based crowdfunding. You um, are recording a new album. You, you will record great. a new album if I get X amount of money. And you need two hundred thousand bucks to do a thing. Otherwise, you can't do your thing. I'm going to make like, a pet rock if you. That's not or membership. pre-order the pet rock. Yeah, but we are membership. We are ongoing payments to creators and have you know membership benefits programs and rewards programs um, or you know access to things. That's a completely different business. And actually, a lot of our, the, one of the ways we know it's a different business is our creators literally use both. Um, we have creators on you know who run a Kickstarter in the middle of having a Patreon page, and then they do a second Kickstarter while they still have their Patreon page up and running. I'm still trying to process that. Yeah, isn't that Ooh. wild? So people are pledging mm-hmm. to your folks. They're yeah. donating or pledging on mm-hmm. Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I've just had Clara Jeffrey from Mother Jones in. Yeah. Um, I don't know when that one's going to air, but they're they're supporting Mother Jones. They're supporting mm-hmm. the New York Times. Mm-hmm. A lot of asks being made of, of consumers who are for a long time used to either getting things they thought for free or at least heavily subsidized. Do you worry about sort of hitting a wall as everyone sort of starts saying, hey, I'd like you to pay for this thing? Yeah, I'm not worried about that. And I think the reason is because I've seen firsthand, I've seen the fervor and the excitement around people wanting to pay creators. Sometimes a creator will say something like, I don't want to ask my fans for money. And my response to that has always been like, you don't have to ask them. Literally just let them. (laughs) Like they can't wait to pay. If you read YouTube comments, they're things like, I'm throwing money at the screen and nothing is happening. Um, so no, I don't think that like we are exhausting consumers. Um, if anything, there are trends uh, showing that there's a, an increasing appetite for wanting to pay for content. Netflix has 100 million subscribers. Spotify has 50 million subscribers. Uh, people are starting to pay for media. Right, they are. And then but they're going to pay for Spotify and Netflix and X number of things. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to support every single one of the artists or whomever they like what no. determines what tips somebody from liking something to taking out the checkbook and giving them 10 bucks a month oh that's such a great question thank you, uh, <laughs> thank, you. thank you um yeah l- let me first by start by saying uh we don't want so so we're not shooting for a world like facebook where you have 
150 ties to creators and you're paying all of them every month. We view the type of fan on Patreon, the, the patron, we call it the fans that matter most to that creator. Take your fans who are your most devoted, excited fans. Um, it may only be 2 or 3 or 4% of your fan base, um, but it's those fans that matter most. That's what's important. And guess what? They're not going to have 15, 20, 30 other pledges to creators. They like you. They like what you do because you've changed their life and you've given them meaning every morning when they wake up and listen to your podcast. It's your hardcore fan. And that 2, 3, 4% is that sort of your guesstimate from if, if, yeah. if I've got an audience of 100,000 people that 2, 3, 4% of them are the ones who are most likely to, to be supporting me directly. Yeah. If I've got my tech company hat on, I'm going to say, how do you define audience and is it engaged and are they viewing your stuff every day and are they yeah. casual fans or active fans and blah, blah, blah. But but yes, it's you know it's that small chunk of fans. Okay. Over here at Recode Media, we have many fans. We don't ask anything from you guys except mm-hmm. maybe to listen to fine advertisers like the one you're going to hear from right now. Hang on. We'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by LegalZoom. It's National Make-A-Will Month at LegalZoom, maybe in other places as well. That means it's time to prepare for your family's future. It's the most important thing you can do this summer. It's a lot to think about, but that's why LegalZoom created an estate planning kit to get you going. Go to LegalZoom.com slash prepare to get your free kit. There's a ton of helpful info there, plus LegalZoom discounts, all the stuff you need to stop procrastinating and start preparing for your family's future. You can figure out whether a will or trust is right for you, plus you'll get an estate plan checklist, an ebook, and lots of other info to help you decide. And if you have more questions, you can always get advice from the network of attorneys available in all 50 states, since LegalZoom is not a law firm. Go to LegalZoom.com slash prepare. There's no obligation, just great resources to help protect everything you care about during National Make-A-Will Month. Go to LegalZoom.com slash prepare. Today's show is brought to you by TransferWise. If you send money internationally, you know that is an expensive and time-consuming process, and the exchange rate you get from your bank can be shocking. So the next time you need to send money around the world, use TransferWise. They give you a great exchange rate, so your money goes further, and you pay only one small upfront fee. It's easy and simple to set it up. You know exactly what you're going to pay upfront, and you get the real exchange rate, no markup. TransferWise was founded by two friends. They were immigrants from Estonia. They were sick of being ripped off when they sent their money home, so they solved their problem by creating a company. There is nothing more American than that. So today, TransferWise lets millions of people and businesses all over the world send money all over the world. See how much you can save at TransferWise.com. You can download the Android or iOS app. Once again, that's TransferWise, W-I-S-E dot com. Transfer because you're transferring money around the world and wise because you're a wise person who listens to Recode Media transferwise.com back here with Jack Conte did I pronounce that name correct? I Conte. say Conte but you can say Conte so who runs him. Patreon oh you're nailing it now how'd you get into this business? I've been a professional creator for the last 10 years yeah. musician right? and YouTuber yeah YouTuber. I really consider myself to be a YouTuber you I came to, out of YouTube I did I used to be a self-hating YouTuber and now I just say I'm a YouTuber were you making money on YouTube? Uh, not on YouTube but I was making money as a creator um, making very little on YouTube, maybe like a couple hundred bucks a month through, through, ad, through revenue. ad revenue. Even though I was getting over a million views a month on YouTube. For music? For music, videos, vlogs, yeah, for being me. You're yeah. one of those guys who showed up relatively early on YouTube and. and yeah, I was uploading videos up. in 2007. So if, if and, and not to belittle that, but if you were there at the beginning of YouTube, basically, yeah. mm-hmm. your chances of, of getting some sort of notoriety much, much higher. higher than they are now. Yeah, way higher. 
So you, you got there uh-huh. and then said, this is great, but, or this is great, and I want to create a business on top of this. Oh, never wanted to create. I mean, that wasn't the plan. And um, yeah, so it faded in is the, is the true answer to that question. It was a slow love affair that I had with, with Patreon. Um, it was really just to solve this problem of like, what the heck? Can I swear? Yeah, yeah, fuck okay. it up. What the fuck? Like, I'm getting literally a million views per month, and I'm seeing- Making I a couple hundred bucks? Open up my YouTube dashboard. It's like, you're getting paid $166 this month. And I'm like- fuck this that sucks uh so it was that feeling and especially after uh working on a video i'd spent you know probably three yeah over three months working on this video drained my savings account maxed out two credit cards uh flew in these roboticists from the uk and university of tucson built this amazing music video posts on youtube got a million views my fans went crazy robots with the robots the whole thing was gonna watch this this was an and and i built a replica of the millennium falcon cockpit in my studio it was the most intense music i did the whole thing by myself took me three months my hands were like broken and bloody and cut up at the end of this it was a it was an amazing feat and i filmed the behind the scenes documentary the whole thing sent it to my fans they went crazy about it and then you see your youtube dashboard you see 150 dollars, and i just i i lost it i just i that's it you can't it's so demoralizing as an artist to to feel so successful and to have such a discrepancy between the impact you feel you're having on the world and then the paycheck that you get at the end of the and month youtube this has been a recurring thing for YouTube. The creators, oh, yeah. big media companies, and especially individuals like yourself are saying, yeah. look, I'm putting all this in. I'm yeah. not getting very much out. And they've replied with various answers over the years. We're going to try to improve the money. We're going to fund you. We're going to seed you guys. Or, by the way, don't worry so much about the money. You should also have other income streams, and YouTube is just part of that. Yeah. And you said, actually, I'm just going to do something else entirely. Are you still making YouTube videos? I am still making YouTube okay, videos. Okay, so you haven't learned. <laughs> um, Yes, I am. Uh, but but yes, the reason that I felt like it needed a drastic change, I think there, there are a few things in retrospect that make sense. First of all, um, the advertiser as a stakeholder in the ecosystem on the concept of the platform, uh, I think is ultimately detrimental to the long-term success. Of no, no, we love our class. advertisers. Oh, I think advertisers the are, I, they, they absolutely help people. Right for sure. And... The the plat the current manifestation of the platform ecosystem that takes into account shareholder and and user and creator and advertiser has misaligned incentives that create broad problems for the creative class. Everyone is really down in advertising, but yeah. advertising has supported large businesses and lots of creators for a long time. Do you think that there's something about technology now where that's breaking, or do you think we're just sort of gone through a cycle? We've exhausted what advertising can do for media. I think there are, are a lot of problems. Um, one of the biggest problems that I see is, and I'm going to get a little technical and specific here, but CPMs online, the, what the rates that advertisers will pay for online yep. content, literally like over 10 times lower than what they pay for television. And so, so the creative class then as a unit, because they use the internet to distribute their work, they're being undervalued by a factor of 10. Compare, so when you say like, ah, for a long time, advertisers have been funding the creation of art through cable and other ecosystems. I mean, yes, and online, that model hasn't hasn't been replicated, so, you, so it makes sense. So you sort of have built this business to sort of rectify that, right? Saying, all right, look, there is you, these are undervalued assets. Yeah. And instead of having Viacom or Time Warner or whomever come buy these people and figure out other ways of exploiting them, I'm just going to allow people to exploit themselves to value themselves higher, to, to talk directly to their fans and get paid by people who want to pay them. Exactly. The first version of the web was free. That's just a fact. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the best version of the web. 
And I, I, I think it's changing pretty quickly. I mean, we're starting to see now a lot of areas of the web are being hidden behind a paywall, which I think is, you know, ultimately good. Should this podcast be a paywalled podcast? So that depends on how you want to run it. I'm not, I'm not, I actually don't, I'm, I don't advocate for your primary content being behind a paywall because I think that creates too much friction and it means that people can't become fans and hear you at, you know, happenstance and things like that. But secondary content, absolutely. That stuff should be behind a paywall. The extras, the stuff that fans want to support you because of and contribute to and be a part of, that stuff should be behind a paywall. Oh, I really want to call us a fan club. But it's, but yeah, and, and to get all ad techie advertising about it, you're not saying the free stuff is the funnel and then you're eventually going to get to Patreon as sort of the end goal. You're saying Patreon is one of the things you can do when you have a big fan base. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's one of the many ways to monetize. Yeah, uh, we're It's complementary to the rest of the ecosystem. We were just talking about podcasts like this one. Um, that's one of your big success stories, right? Yeah. Your most successful Patreon. What do we, what do we, what do we call your Categories? clients? Oh, Categories? creators. Creators. Mm-hmm. I think your most successful creator is a podcast, right? It's a podcast group? Uh, no. No? No, Not but the, they're up there. We have some podcasters making, you know, 70,000 bucks a month. The Chapo guys, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, it's a free podcast? Uh, so half of the podcasts are free. They do two a week. The Chapo Trap House? Chapo Trap House. Got it. One of them is free. They do two a week. One of them is free. One of them is you have to be a $5 member in order to listen to. And they're making real money. Over $70,000 per month. And yeah, some folks, <clears throat> some folks like we have this, uh, this one group called Kind of Funny. They started with a podcast in their kitchen, four guys talking around a table, very much like this, uh, except in their kitchen. <laughs> um, and now they're, you know, we've been sending them uh, over $50,000 a month for three years to do their thing. Um, and they have leased office space and they're, uh, you know, they've hired a team. And now you walk into their studio and it looks like freaking ESPN. There's like screens in the background. There's a six monitor setup to edit videos and do color correction and broadcast live. And it's that they've got a huge facility now because so we're sending them over a half a million bucks a year. We were flicking at this before. Um, it's $150 million going through your, your platform this year, this year. I couldn't build a self-driving car. Couldn't do anything that Elon Musk does. Yeah. Seems like I could probably hire some people in Estonia mm-hmm. or some country mm-hmm. where they work fairly cheaply and mm-hmm. build a patronage app slash website. Such good questions. So I'm not going to do that because <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah. And I'm probably not very good at actually running a business. Mm-hmm. But I would assume <clears throat> other people are trying to do the same thing. What's your moat in business terms? Yeah. Um, yeah. You have amazing questions. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, More praise. So, uh, yeah, feed it. Um, so there's there's actually a lot of, it turns out there's a ton of complexity to running a membership program. Um, everything from minimizing declines on a credit card to like automated email flows when a patron's card declines and how to reactivate that user and bring them back onto the platform in an optimal way um, to CMS systems where you can gate particular types of content for specific you know tiers of patrons, $10 patrons, $50 patrons, et cetera, to understanding the analytics and backend and CRM of your patron base and who they are and where they're coming from and why they're pledging and what they're entitled to. Um, so it turns out there's actually a lot of complexity on the back end that is very difficult to replicate. I mean, require a very large team to build out the feature set that we offer creators. Is there a network effect of this? Is someone who's supporting one creator more likely to do this for others? Yeah. So the number of patrons with multiple pledges has been increasing uh, over the last year, especially. So that's um, part of your pitch, right? To the next breed of podcasters. <clears throat> Look, this is working for Chapo. You can come to me. In fact, since I'm already doing well, this with Chapo, no? 
No. 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 The real network effect uh, that that I think Patreon is going to experience, and and what we're what we're really starting to build out now. So we've had the ability. We've had an API for. Uh, well, a little while now, um, hasn't been like fully staffed, but we've gotten some amazing results back with that API. So we're starting to integrate with other platforms like Crowdcast, like Discord. So now you can, when you go onto Discord, you can have a patron-only chat room on Discord. Wait, and you can so off- I was going to say before we get to Crowdcast and yeah. Discord, just explain <laughs> what the API does for you and other ah, people. I'm sorry. So it, uh, um, you know when you see uh, login with Facebook on yep. another website? So we have login with your Patreon credentials on a different website that is not Patreon. So now on Discord, which is like a chat platform, you can log in with your Patreon credentials and get patron-only chat rooms with a specific creator. Um, that ends up creating wonderful network effects where... So basically this billing system that you create, because in the end it is a billing system, right, mm-hmm. can then be added onto other platforms. Uh, exactly, and you can understand the entitlements on other platforms, um, and that is definitely a big component of our strategy. So imagine the, the, the vision for this is being a member on Patreon should make the web look different to you. The whole web should look different to you if you're. So a I've got a fast pass, or pick my metaphor. You have special experiences everywhere you go on the web. Kind of like it. Yeah. Should we make. What do you think, Eric? A recode fast pass. Yeah. Yeah. Eric's very amenable to everything. Yeah. He's a good guy. Wait, let's hear from one more advertiser who supports this podcast before we come back to Jack. Let's do it. Today's show is brought to you by Eero. You may have heard of these guys. I'd heard of them, and now I can tell you all about them because I have some Eero in my house. Eero gives you fast, reliable Wi-Fi connection in every room of your house. The nice folks from Eero have given me a whole list of of tech specs that I could read to you to explain how this thing works, why it's better than the first-generation one. Here's the deal. You don't want to spend time thinking about your Wi-Fi. You just want your Wi-Fi to work better. So what you do is you take your old router out. You plug the Eero router in. It takes about 10 minutes. You use your phone. Super easy. And then all of a sudden your life gets better because your Wi-Fi works better. I was trying to figure out which band of gigahertz I needed to use to make my computer work in one room and my phone work in another. Eero has this mesh system where they resolve all that for you. You don't need to think about it. You just go and use the internet whenever you want to use the internet. It makes it better, faster. You are a happier person. Go ahead and use it. If you're a Recode Media listener, you can get free overnight shipping when you buy an Eero system using my promo code. So go to Eero.com. That's E-E-R-O.com. When you're at checkout, select overnight shipping, enter Recode. You know how to spell Recode, and you will get free overnight shipping. One more time, go to Eero.com, use the promo code Recode. You will get better Wi-Fi. You will be a happier person. Thank you, Eero. I'm back here with Jack Conti, who is eating a cookie, so I'm just going to vamp. Oh, he's back. He's the CEO of Patreon. Hello. You know that because you were listening to the podcast like a minute ago. (laughs) You're still here. We explained why no one has success. I can't believe other people have not tried to. If there's $150 million flowing through your company, Mm -hmm. and again, you're not under the radar, right? Yeah. People like Index have given you a lot of money. Correct. Hasn't someone else come at this? And, I, and I, by the way, I know that like YouTube has tried adding this on as sort mm-hmm. of a, a bolt-on. That has not worked. Yeah. Oh, lots of people have tried. But, but it you doesn't swat work them so all well. down. Well, no. I mean, no. it's just – it's a very – I've said before, this is a very hard thing to build. There's a lot of complexity here. Um, and so people – Many, many, our list of literally the competitive landscape doc that we have internally that we use for doing competitive analyses is – pages and pages it's got to be over a hundred potential competitors um and they range you know big to small and some of them are around and then disappear like there was a company called recurrency there's a company called tube start i mean there, there have been 
attempts. Um, we acquired a company very early on that uh, called Subbable um, that was founded by Hank Green. Um, so, I mean, th- there have been Hank like- Hank Green, huge in YouTube. Yeah, he's amazing. And is now an advisor to Patreon and is just absolutely amazing to work with. He's like one of my favorite people in the whole world. His brother is the one who does uh, Fault in Our Fault Stars. In our stars. Correct. Green Brothers. I know. They're a crazy story. Power Brothers. Wow. They run VidCon. Oh, my goodness. We should have the Green Brothers on. Yeah, you should. But they're in, like in Montana. They are. Missoula. Not like in Montana. They're in Montana. Yeah. Some of the coolest people I know, for sure. All right. I'm going to Montana. We'll mm-hmm. do the next podcast there. So you've raised 50-ish million bucks. Yeah, 50 million from bucks. From VCs. They are not a charity. They intend to get their money back. Absolutely. In the next three to four years, how are they going to get their money back? Or do you have to? Oh, s- no, no, no. Who do you? No. no. Not the next three to four years. Well, uh, if they invested three to four years ago, that's their timeline, right? So one thing I told folks, and I was nervous about telling them this <laughs> because I thought maybe they wouldn't want to give us money. Um, but I, rem- I actually had these conversations with folks when they signed up to, you know, to give money to Patreon. Um, and the conversation was basically me saying like, hey, we're not going to like the ideal outcome here is not to sell Patreon. We don't want to do a, a quick flip. Uh, we no, well, how about a longer term sale? A long term outcome. We want something that is, we want to build something that is meaningful and valuable for creators, that's beneficial to, to creators because they're underrepresented by tech and by media. And I feel like the, the creative class needs a seat at the table. I feel like Patreon has the potential to be that seat for the creative class. And, um, and, I, and we, we talked about this very plainly, and, and uh, they said, okay, so what are we talking about here? And, and in my mind, we're talking about, it, you know, the eventuality is, is to become a, a, a public company. I, I would be very happy about the public owning Patreon, and I understand that that comes with all kinds of difficulties and circumstances and nuance, but um, at the end of the day, I think that's Patreon's best option of, of being dominant and winning and being a, a, a voice that is pounding the table for creators. So whether it goes public or whether you sell it to someone, how do you build in assurances that the sort of stuff you do, the relationship you have with your creators stays the same, whether it's a public owner or, or another company that buys you? Yeah. I think we constantly have to think about the balance of creator and patron and shareholder and employee. Because um, someone's going to start saying, things are going great, but you should really bump that up to 6%. Totally. And how we do those things and and how we make sure that Patreon is a sustainable business while making sure that our creators are being taken care of, that's a balance where there's no silver bullet. So instead, we just integrate it into our culture. We have a thing called core behaviors. A lot of companies have core values or core behaviors, whatever. Our first, number one core behavior is put creators first. Everything that we do, every decision that we make, every product that we build, every line of code that we write, we're thinking about it through the lens of, is this creator first? Are we putting creators first? Um, That's a necessary component to being Patreon. Ultimately, that's what I think of, that's what Patreon is to me. Patreon is creator centrism. Do you have any filter that says, you know what, we can't work with you or we don't want to work with you because you're a Nazi or something unpleasant? Oh, you mean like content policy? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's crucial, especially as you're hitting scale and sending 150 million bucks. You got to make sure you're not sending 150 million bucks to terrorists. Um, so, yes, we have a very thorough, robust content policy. Um, we hired an, this amazing guy. I can't say his name, <laughs> um, but he helped a very large 
one of the largest in the world tech companies build their content policy and scale their team to literally like two million page takedowns a week for all kinds of rhymes with YouTube. I'm not going to say who it is, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, there's a lot of responsibility there, and you got to make sure that you're being because are, are you are you is a human approving each one of these accounts? You can't right at the, at the scale you're at. So we don't proactively police the content on you on uh, on uh, not YouTube. You've got me with YouTube. Uh, we don't proactively police. We respond to users and takedown notices. So we have a policy for filing takedowns, and we have a queue, and we go through that queue. How often does someone get kicked off? It doesn't happen that frequently, but it happens occasionally. If you're going to create a platform, you're going to have people abusing it. It seems like the, totally. the more scale you have, the more abuse you have. Absolutely. Yeah, and you, at the end of the day, like you've, I've been convicted of money laundering. You can't get paid on Patreon. Like even if you're raising money for your weekly flute music podcast, if you have been convicted of money laundering, you have not been convicted of money laundering. Uh, me saying, personally, you're saying, you're saying if someone has, if someone has, they cannot raise money on patreon so we have like policies like that don't be a criminal don't be a criminal don't be a terrorist don't be a terrorist and it's not just illegal stuff right there's going to be some things like you know in in many countries hate speech is illegal and in many countries it's not but on a, on patreon you can't use hate speech what's the most surprising use for for patreon that, that you didn't well surprising means you didn't expect it what's the most surprising use you've seen yeah um, gosh, there's this one magazine called Nitty. It's an e-zine. They're getting paid 19000 bucks per issue. Um, it's like a magazine about knitting. Or in, oh, it's about knitting. About knitting. Knit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's cool. That, but yeah, and by the way, that, that was sort of the original, I don't know if the original promise of the internet. It was, it was one of the ideas sort of early as the internet grew up and the media business was growing uh-huh. up with it was that it would support these passionate niches. And what you're generally seeing now is, as the media business is growing and growing is actually niches don't work, at least to support businesses. They, we need real scale. Mm. You can't have a Persian long hair cat business. Disagree. Right. Now, yeah. it, 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 there should be some version of this yeah. where someone who's really into knitting or Persian long hair cats, I always go with that one, I don't know why, should be able to get what they want. But it, generally the focus is, no, 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 make it broader, make it broader, make it broader. Totally. And that, and so what is so beautiful about the internet to me and what the internet failed to do in 2013 that it's starting to do with services like Patreon um, is if you had 20,000 monthly readers, listeners, watchers of your podcast, webcomic, whatever, um, 20,000 people, if you translate out that number to ad dollars, it's literally going to be a couple hundred bucks or less per month. Um, think about, though, 20,000 people who can't wait to see your thing every day or, or every week or whatever it is. That's a basketball stadium full of people who can't wait for the thing that you're making. Like, in what right. world have, have we created that's $100 a month? That's stupid. It's but just to, broken. But to be clear, you're saying that 2 to 3 or 4% of them want to give you money on a recurring basis. Totally. But if 2 or 3 or 4% of them give you 12 bucks a month, suddenly you're making a lot of money now. Uh, so it, it ends up working out uh, when it's a consumer payments model. In an ad model, those niche things, you know, if you have 50,000 fans, it's not enough to make a living. But in a consumer payments model, if you have 50,000 fans, it's enough to make a living. Jack, I'm kind of half sold. I think I think we're going to end this podcast so I can go create yes. an ancillary podcast for Do you. It. What's it? The Ancillary Recode Media Podcast. We'll, we'll take your uh, suggestions via Twitter, After party. email. You can go to me in person. After party. Mm-hmm. The problem is the after party would involve me. You want to pay yeah. for the Peter Kafka after party. It's not a fun party. 
Kind of right, funny he does an after party with their fans after they record a podcast. Right, we'll find someone to sub in for me. He'll be entertaining. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Jack, you've been great. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, here, I'm going to read this carefully. Thanks to you guys for listening. We've done about 100 of these podcasts. They're all available for free. You do not have to pay me or Jack or anyone else to go listen to them. You know where to find them. You're smart. That's why you listen to the Recode Media Podcast. All we ask is that you tell a friend or even someone you don't know about it. Recode has many more awesome podcasts for you to listen to. Kara Swisher has Recode Decode. Kara and Lauren Good from The Verge do Too Embarrassed to Ask. I think that's it. That's the entirety of our lineup right now. It's good. It's a good lineup. It's free. Thanks to our fine sponsors. Thanks to Digital Media, who brings those sponsors in to support our fine show. Thanks to my producers, Beth O'Connell and Eric Johnson, my editor, Chris Basil. Thanks to you guys for listening. See you next week.